0: So hi everybody, this is Talking Digital Industries, the podcast for technologies and trends that drive industrial enterprises. And I'm your host, Chris Brown. Now in today's episode, we'll discuss a topic that I actually thought I had left behind Uh, When I left school, biology class to be exact, we're talking about ecosystems. But don't worry, um, we're going to stick with the topic of ecosystems in industry, even though, of course, talking about plants and animals and their physical environment would also be interesting. But once again, it's not about that today. It's not only in nature, but also in business that these communities are increasingly becoming a concept for success and why this is so and what it all has to do with increasing digitalization and unpredictable challenges like the Corona pandemic. I am happy to explain today with three really exciting guests. So I'm going to start it off with the Chief Executive Officer of ATOS, a global leader in digital transformation, Elie Girard, joining us from Paris. Elie, how are you doing today? Very good. Thank you very much and I'm very happy to be here with you today. All right, sounds good. Also joining us here today is the board member of Siemens and CEO of Siemens Digital Industries, Cedric Nike. Cedric, how are you doing? I'm great, Chris. Great to have you with us. And also joining us is the advisor and co-founder of the so-called Digital Transformation Lab, a network of professionals and researchers interested in developing and sharing best practices in this field, Antonio Santos. Antonio, how are you doing today?
1: I'm very good. The weather is fine, so I'm really happy.
0: (laughs) That is important. And tell us, gentlemen, a bit about your background when it comes to school, especially when I think about biology back in the day. I wasn't the best biology student. How about you guys? Ellie? maybe you first?
2: Well, yeah, um, I'm not sure I was a great biology student, but I think when I think about it, probably I wasn't expressing this in the same words at that time. But I think I was quite fascinated by... um, all the DNA sequencing that was mm-hmm. d- probably difficulties to understand. But when I think about this now and uh, all the implications on, you know, new ways of storage in the IT and digital world, I regret somehow not to have uh, spent more time at that time on, on this. The other, which is a topic of today's ecosystems. And mm-hmm. again, I think, I, I, you know, at that time, I'm not that old, but I think Back then, we didn't even talk about ecosystem, really, as a word, Um, and uh, even for biology, I'm not even talking about the matter of today in our field, but even in biology. And um, I think I was quite fascinated, at least by the fact that you would take one piece out of an ecosystem and the full ecosystem would collapse. How about you,
0: Antonio? Tell us a bit about your background.
1: I grew up in a farm in Portugal, and that's where I used to spend all my holidays in school. And my grandfather was a beekeeper. So I learned so much from him while collecting honey myself as a kid. And my grandfather continued that, uh, doing that until late in life, and then we donated the bees to another person who took care of them. That uh, experience helped me in the school days, but especially with all other kids they have more kind of a urban and city experience right so I, I was really helping me to connect with nature
0: i understand and, and great job a beekeeper i mean we all know about the importance of bees for the ecosystem uh today you know what i mean it's like uh maybe 20 years ago it wasn't on the screen like it is now but we all know how they're suffering and what the impact is for the ecosystem i want to pass this question on to cedric also what about you back in the day
3: if I hear beekeepers and if I hear ecosystems, I actually think of not of school um, like Ellie, but I think of of honeymoon. Um, I, I I went with my wife to to on honeymoon mm-hmm. into the Maldives, and I've seen a beautiful ecosystem, actually a coral reef ecosystem, for the first time in my life. Mm-hmm. But also, and and this goes back to what Ellie says, it just realizes how beautiful an ecosystem can be, but also how fragile it is. So. It's actually different if you learn about DNA and ecosystems in books and if you actually see the power but also the fragility of of ecosystems. So that's what what sort of uh, was a big uh, um, element of my um, realization of what an ecosystem is. Interesting.
0: And now, once again, I'd like to thank you all for your private glimpses into your school past or also private past. Um, But when we talk about today's podcast, once again, we're focusing on ecosystems in industry, and you guys got to help me out here, because on the one side, I get the nature stuff, I get the private stuff, but what exactly are we talking about in this context uh, for the industry, and why has this become such an important topic right now? Antonio, you want to start?
1: Well, the... The essential uh, characteristics of uh, ecosystems is that they are multi-entity, they are uh, made up of groups of companies not belonging to a single organisation. They involve networks of shifting, semi-permanent relationships, linked to flows of data, services, people and and money. Uh, The relationships combine aspects of competition and, and collaboration and often involving complementary between different products and capabilities. For instance, something that is really part of our lives, smartphones and apps. uh, In general, uh, companies can either make flexible decisions, as in launching a pilot project, or they can commit themselves to a particular strategic path, which is often necessary to reach efficient scale and secure competitive advantage. It's particularly interesting that the shift to ecosystem thinking. Challenges the very idea of industry that we inherit from the Industrial Revolution.
0: But in fact, the concept of ecosystems in business is not really new, is it? Now, I'm thinking of fairs in, in medieval cities at which merchants came together and exchanged goods. I just watched Vikings, by the way. If anybody's ever seen Vikings, <laughs> you'll see how they actually came to, that That just reminded me of it, you know what I mean? Even back then, that was like 800-something or 900-something, and they came together already to form ecosystems and exchange goods. And a bit closer to our time, talking about 1993, it was introduced in an economic context by James Moore in his famous article, Predators and Prey, A New Ecology of Competition, you should check that out. So maybe I could ask Cedric, what's the exciting thing now?
3: Well, the exciting thing now is is that ecosystems have been accelerated. I mean, the ecosystems, we used to talk about partnerships, but now we talk about ecosystems because of digitalization. Mm-hmm. So when the hardware world, the real world and the software world, the digital world come together, completely new abilities are being enabled. And mm-hmm. uh, like Antonio talked about the smartphone and the apps, that concept is being extended to a much, much bigger, um, broader place. You talk about predators and prey. The important part of an ecosystem is that parties which put something into the ecosystem get more out for the rest of the ecosystem. So mm-hmm. you can't only take, you have to actually give. And, and I have Ellie here on the call. I mean, if I look at Atos and Siemens, I mean, we've been collaborating for more than... 10 years Mm -hmm. and the idea is is really that we have benefited both from being and and working together but also the ecosystems, the players which are benefiting from how we collaborate is really sort of what has made this uh, bigger and more important. So I think that, um, and I talked about the coral reef early on, Mm -hmm. we are building thanks to digitalization much much more connected entities much much more connected environments and this is important in in the geopolitical times we're living in right so our artist relationship or the relationship with other players is important we now need to make sure that this knowledge base continues to live on and expands with everyone which is adding to it
0: and like you just said very nice sentence i found when you talked about how ecosystems can only be successful when it's a give and take you know what I mean? You put it in so that everybody in the system has more of it. And of course, there's a good reason you're sitting here today. Eli, how do you find the right partner for your ecosystem? And, and where do Atos and Siemens pull the strings together here?
2: Well, that's the question. And well, first of all, I can you know, fully, fully agree with uh, what Cedric has just said. You know, I think digitalization has been the driver for the acceleration, not of partnerships, which is now an old word. Uh, Mm -hmm. but for ecosystems. I would even say that if we want to take something slightly positive from the crisis for the last year, the acceleration of the digitalization due to the crisis has in turn increased the ability to create those ecosystems. Um, Mm -hmm. We've been seeing, and um, I'm sure same at Siemens, uh, we've been seeing those relationships, ecosystem relationships increasing thanks to the virtual communications um, and overall digitalization. But I'd like, and of course on the back of what's for me is the best example of what a partnership and then an ecosystem can be is the uh, Siemens Atos 10-year relationship. Uh, Mm -hmm. I want to underline that the key success factor of this is trust. Building on this relationship, this trust relationship, we uh, gathered very significant ecosystem of partners in a charter of trust, a charter of trust uh, built by Siemens and Atos, where we have put mm-hmm. forward 10 very simple principles, but very strong principle we adhere to, and that we ad- advocate to enable a real trusted, inclusive and sustainable digital ecosystem and economy. One last point, if I may, which is, mm-hmm. you know, the best partnerships and, and ecosystems are the winning ones. We need to win together. We need to win together. That's just one example, but I think it's quite emblematic. It's a very important uh, win. We win together a very large contract uh, with the Grand Paris Express. Sorry, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not underlining this one because it's in Paris, but we're supporting the building of the three new metro lines around Paris. <laughs> Siemens and Atos with third partner. So showing that, you know, it's it's more than bilateral partnerships and a real ecosystem. Right. And I mean, we're so proud of it. we talked about that with Cédric, you know, many times all along this contract. We're so proud of this because I have very strong feeling that, you, you know, we were not expected there. The competition was mm-hmm. not expecting us to win there. So it's the greatest example of a commercial win where Atos, by ourselves or with someone else probably, we would never had one. I would suspect maybe the same on Siemens side, not me to tell, but mm-hmm. building on this trust, we managed to uh, uh, beat competition, building on this 10 year relationship. I strongly think that comes from this very strong, trustful relationship.
0: Obviously very successful, um, like you just said. Um, and I also find it interesting what you said at the beginning when you talked about how the pandemic actually kind of accelerated this process also and maybe also through that new ecosystems evolve like not to say hey the pandemic's a great thing but i've heard this in so many levels and so many industries how this has actually been an accelerator for so many things but let's dig a little deeper um maybe someone can explain to me using a concrete example of, of what happens when Siemens and Atos work together as an ecosystem and Eli you just kind of outlined it a bit but how can I imagine this I mean how many partners are involved to create a uh, successful ecosystem here are we talking about two three or even more Cedric any
3: anything so the 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 more the better I mean the reality of an ecosystem for an ecosystem to work it needs to be adaptable Mm mm-hmm and this was put to the test. So, I mean, Atos and and, and and Siemens have been working together for for years, preparing our sales, our vertical, our IoT platforms, and we were talking. Now, but imagine it's, it's, it's a year ago that uh, the pandemic COVID-19 really hits, uh, hit Europe. Mm-hmm. And within one year, we needed to be capable to, with the pharma industry, to find a vaccine and to build it um, into something scalable with billions of vaccines capability. Right. And that's just an amazing feat. So if you have an ecosystem which we started, and it needs to be more than two, it's just, it's been at the beginning autos and, uh, and us, but we've also included Pharma to be able to actually take those technologies and adapt in a way we've never done before. So that concrete technology example, and which is highly relevant in this case, is this, we developed a digital twin for Pharma using IoT, AI, advanced analytics, the things which we've been working for quite a while. And we said, look, I mean, we need to build quality control in vaccine development. So we need to accelerate this. So we linked this real-time control to the vaccine development and measured in real-time what was happening in the bioproduction process. Mm-hmm. So by changing the parameters and by writing the ML models to simulate the model in the digital twins, we provided an acceleration of the production process which never has been done before. So in effect, the ecosystem, so the partnership we started with Atlas and Siemens, extended to the customers and the key players to be able to react super fast to the uh, production of vaccines. So this really made a difference for the production of a vaccine in a much quicker and efficient way. Never ever has the world come up with a problem, solved it, and produced billions of vaccines within a one-year time span. It hasn't happened before. And that can only be achieved by having multiple partners playing together, creating an ecosystem. Wow. Measuring
0: real-time what was happening in the bioproduction process. you got to imagine. I mean, that's... Just, just that sentence alone is like, wow, that's that's possible. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, Ellie, could you tell us about other similar approaches in other domains?
2: Oh yeah, I mean, there are, you know, plenty of them, and I think the pharma example from uh, Cedric is, 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 is absolutely fascinating one, especially in this period, obviously. Uh, but you know, if I can also mention. You know, this uh, experience we had with Siemens on supporting maritime uh, transport company, Mm -hmm. it's quite fascinating as well, because together we built a solution which is based on edge computing. Edge computing, I guess we all know, is gonna be a huge word in the years to come. It's already Mm -hmm. uh, a a big thing for both of us, for both Siemens and Atos. And thanks to edge servers that we put on the ships, um, we managed, processing the data locally to optimize the trajectories of the ships you know that container ships are huge ones and we managed to reduce significantly the fuel consumption so it's it's a, it's a fantastic example of you know joining forces to optimize operational process simple business process to reduce the cost and to reduce the carbon emissions so that, that's another, I think, quite great example. Um, I could also mention examples in the area of electric vehicle charging systems that we deployed one together in Milan, the city mm-hmm. of Milan, where Siemens has been uh, handling the energy supply and Atos has been uh, handling the uh, the billing solution. And we could, I mean, we could continue like this with many, many examples in virtually all industries. All industries. Mm-hmm. So, I like what you said before about edge computing, also, just
0: because we already had a podcast uh, dedicated to edge computing, by the way. I think it was in the first season. If anybody's interested, just check that out again. And security is a good key, which you mentioned earlier, also, already when you talked about the Charter of Trust. Um, I'd like to bring it back to that one more time because no partnership is possible without a certain risk. And I don't know. Who of you is married? Um, I am married, (laughs) as in any good marriage, things can go wrong, right? Uh, And sharing knowledge and technology could be a reason for many companies to be reluctant to join such an ecosystem. What do you say to that, Antonio? Is that an actual scenario? And second question, how would you see the complementary parts of Atos and Siemens with your outside in view? Let's stick to the first question, though, first. (laughs)
1: Okay, so let let me use some uh, examples to to advocate on ecosystems. You know, cybersecurity requires collaboration and sharing of information. Uh, So sometimes organizations can be reluctant, but there are so many dependencies that if you care about protecting your customers and protecting yourselves, you really need to see the bigger picture. Uh, In in this particular case, you need to face your your fears and recognize that nobody can work alone. And we have plenty of examples out there that make the case on the importance of ecosystems and partnerships in cybersecurity. Uh, I will, another two examples are one that is very dear to me, that is accessibility. How can we improve society to be more inclusive to people with disabilities? And sustainability, particularly the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. Because we are talking about things that are also everyone's responsibility. And when we look back to uh, Atos and Siemens, I would say that both uh, huge corporates can complement each other quite well. Atos with strengths and expertise in IT, digital transformation, security and decarbonized digital platforms, and Siemens with a strong industry expertise and global digital product and software portfolio.
0: Okay, and if we take the current situation into consideration, you know, being shaken by the corona pandemic and all its consequences, Will this make the industry more open to collaboration, do you guys think, or rather the
1: opposite? Uh,
0: This is a question to all of you. I don't know, Antonio, maybe you want to start?
1: The pandemic is at the origin of a cultural change. Uh, Remote work became possible, even if it wasn't exactly a new paradigm. Many organizations were already working remotely, but this was now extended to more individuals uh, in in the workforce around the world. I've seen people uh, coming together online uh, in informal groups to solve local, national, and international problems. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had healthcare professionals from the public sector working in private hospitals and vice versa. Recently, I observed that Austria received patients from other countries uh, in a great sign of European solidarity. And I would say that there was some unprecedented global collaboration between scientists as dramatically accelerated the understanding of COVID-19. Many companies understood that you might not control all the events that happened to you, but you can decide not to be reduced by them. Mm -hmm.
3: That's actually beautiful, because the reality is the pandemic has brought us closer together. Because we used to collaborate within the same office, the same environment, but with a new technology, all of us could always collaborate across the globe in a glimpse of an eye, time zones, of course, allowing. Mm -hmm. Now, and we needed to, because if we look at what uh, the pandemic has shown us, I mean, if we look at our supply chains, the disruptions were pretty massive in the real world and we needed to work, Globalization um, had already started, but the pandemic had accelerated, we needed to work in a much, much closer and faster way together than we had to, right? Mm. I mean, if I look at our supply chain, it, the numbers of incidents, which means areas which are disrupting sort of the, uh, the global flow of trades has doubled within the pandemic. Wow. So it's important that we, we move, and I think that's Jim, um, our chairman, which says we're moving from an age of disagreement, right? sustainability, development goals, so global was it a global disconnects to an age of collaboration. Mm-hmm. So he said this at the WEF, uh, we're forced to, and that's good, to be open and collaborative much more than ever. And digitalization has now been sort of the uh, the accelerator to actually do this. So when you have willingness to collaborate, when you have need to collaborate, and when you have technology to be able to collaborate, industry is much more open and connected than it was ever before. Sounds, sounds so. Ellie anything you'd like to say to that
2: I can add one um, uh, example which is the the creation of our scala which is the Atos accelerator so it's an open innovation accelerator program that we launched right in the middle of the crisis and I mean don't want to exaggerate but I I really think that the success of this accelerator has been in a way even larger and wider and it would have been outside of the crisis the need mm-hmm. the need to build the links to build the relationship to build the ecosystems and these open innovation uh, ecosystems has m- massively increased again as we said several times in this uh, session with the crisis with the pandemic and uh, and today we've got you know roughly fifteen uh, startups who've joined uh, with we have many many candidates we work with Siemens of course on Uh, several uh, candidates as well. And it's a fantastic example of tying up the links, building ecosystems right in the middle of this crazy situation.
0: Okay. Uh, Cedric, maybe you can give us a quick idea of what the industrial ecosystem of Siemens looks like
3: at the moment. So, um, the key thing before I answer this is we have to look back at uh, Siemens curing its N-I-H-S disease, that Not invented here Syndrome disease, which we used to have. (laughs) We basically said, look, I mean, we have to change, we have to be much more open. And Ellie gave an example with the Charter of Trust where we said, look, I mean, trust can only be built if multiple players, 30 in this case, can come together. Another example you've, you, Antonio talked about application. We have the Mindsphere world as an excellent example of building collaboration across an ecosystem. So it's an IoT user organization, which has joined forces in 2018. We, we have it. We have 170 members from Italy, Japan, South Korea, Singapore, Southeast Asia, North America, and we share experiences and accelerated transformation to be able to replicate it across the, the industry, an example a subgroup is the automotive initiative of the Mindsphere world. Mm-hmm. So here OEM suppliers, app developers and system integrators are working together. So we're really extending it. We're, Eddie talked about it. We're going to startups. We're talking, talking to other customers. We're even going to universities, which we've done for a while, but we do it in a much more sort of uh, collaborative way. We work with the Fraunhofer Research Institute in RBTH Aachen on supply chain resilience, which was one of the issues which we definitely saw during the pandemic. So we really went and cured our NIHS disease to be able to be a much, much more collaborative uh, organization.
0: Once again, I'll say it, not invented here syndrome. I like that. Yes. That's really, really, <laughs> that's good. Uh, Ellie, you, you've also referred to the big impact of decarbonization. And and you, Cedric, your focus is also on sustainability. Now, shouldn't this also be the topic when we talk about the strength of operating a- in ecosystems? And if yes, if you agree, what are your ideas? Eddie, what do you think?
2: Yeah, thanks for the, this question, because this is also uh, key now in building ecosystems. I think we share with Siemens the willingness, not just the willingness, but also the evidence and the evidences of making those big words of sustainability, decarbonization, etc. very concrete, very concrete. And and this is what's at stake today. We're not in the phase anymore of making sure of the awareness and concern. And, you know, I think any large company, multinational companies do have a very high awareness and concern about the planet, etc. I mean, this is a great achievement, by the way, compared to a few years ago. But But the point now, is what what do we make about it? And and we need to be super, super concrete with proof points. And and this is what we're working on at Atos together with Siemens as well. And we, we share this concern of making sure we're not just talking about targets. Mm-hmm. Talking about targets though, just want to remind that at Atos we're carbon neutral uh, since 2018 and we are advancing our net zero objectives, which was at. 2035, we are advancing it to 2028, which is 22 years ahead of the 2050 deadline from the Paris Agreement. So we're quite proud about that. But what I want to talk more about is what we want to do for our customers. Because after all, mm-hmm. this is the most important. So we built actually a, a full business line at Atos, which is the decarbonization business line in which We propose not just assessments of decarbonization to our customers, but we propose in all our contracts what we called DLA, decarbonization level agreements, where we say to our customers, look, you used to outsource your IT in the past. Now you can outsource to us your carbon footprint reduction targets. We commit on reduction of your carbon emissions on the digital infrastructure we take over from you. And if we don't get there, we will pay penalties in the form of uh, we will pay for the offsetting of uh, the miss of the reduction target Mm -hmm. to make it serious. But but again, more importantly, we're developing hundreds of uh, use cases of offerings, like the one I mentioned earlier on uh, container ships. to reduce the carbon footprint of business processes. And reducing carbon footprint of business processes is basically robotizing, automating, digitalizing business processes. So it's an infinite topic. And again, I'm very proud to be able to do this with Siemens together with an acquisition of EcoAct, which is a company specialized in this that we acquired a few months ago. And here also, we're building an ecosystem with, you know, EcoAct, with uh, uh, with cement, with other partners. Well, I'll, I'll stop here because this, this is a very, very uh, a wide topic. But you're right to say in your question that this is now at the center of any any ecosystem.
3: Can I add to it? I mean, Ellie, yes, the, the one thing which is just uh, um, super important on this topic: it's not an academic topic. You have to be concrete. You have to walk the talk. So I'll, I'll take this what Ellie said, and I said, look. We said that we will be carbon neutral by 2030, but we didn't only say that we will do this, we actually do what we said. We're in the intermediate target, we're already at 54% savings we achieved in December 2020. Wow. So it is important, important that we actually are doing it and we're starting with ourselves. Don't tell others what to do, but we do it ourselves, that's super important. And that's why we're working on joint infrastructure projects. We're looking at the ecosystem also Ellie is creating. I mean, Ellie, if you look at what Ellie did, as he's taking Atos into the security world, but he's also taking it into the sustainability world as an enabler and accelerator using digitalization. And that's what we want to do. And we're applying this medicine to ourselves. I mean, we have our factory in Amberg, which is a complete digital twin, and we're using it to make sure that the people are safe during COVID-19, but we're also using it to be able to reduce our energy footprint and have a better resource management. I always say that our role is to use these limited resources and we need to use the infinite data to use these limited resources in a much, much better way. That's our role with digitalization. All right.
0: Thank you for that. And Antonio, hearing this, and if you could choose, in what other areas would you like Cedric and Ellie to set their foot together also?
1: Well, I have, a, I have a big list. I think both companies have a, a global footprint and I would like them to work together to make sure that diversity, inclusion and sustainability initiatives could reach the five continents. I think it's particularly important that we are able to spread and influence these technologies and these social motives to everyone around the world. You know, The world is changing fast and we need to make sure that we don't leave anyone behind.
0: So I think that's a clear order which was placed here, Cedric and Ellie. And <laughs> one last question also. In two years, we'll come together again in the same round. What do you say? Do you still get along? And what would you like to have achieved together until then? I mean, the partner contract, Otto Siemens, lasts at least until 2025, right?
2: Yeah, well, Cedric, you we can start with a few words, if I may. Um, well, first of all, we will celebrate, hopefully physically, that will be on the 1st of July, our 10-year anniversary. So let's start by that. It would be a great <laughs> celebration and hopefully that would be perfect if it coincides with the ability to uh, progressively go back to a normal life and have a proper celebration. Um, so I'll, I'll be very happy to come to Munich, Cedric, to see you.
3: You're invited, absolutely. Thank you, thank you.
2: <laughs> now, I think we've got so much going on at the moment. We didn't have time to touch upon Europe and European projects. We are both Siemens and Atos founding members of GaiaX which I strongly believe is the future of uh, responsible cloud development in Europe. We're working together on edge. I mentioned earlier, I think edge is going to be not just a big word, but a large part of our future. You know, probably these figures, you know, we are still today in the 80% of data which is produced in the data centers and 20% which is produced at the edge of the infrastructure. Those numbers are going to swap by 2025. So 20% of the data will be produced in the data center, 80% at the edge of the infrastructure. So this edge computing where I think, with a good vision, honestly, jointly Siemens and Atos, we are slightly in advance on this. We need to increase the advance. And I think, as you said in your question, uh, Chris, next time we meet uh, in two years, I like that we celebrate that we have we are distant pioneers and distant leaders in this area and, and, and again I could talk again about decarbonization we talk yeah. inclusion diversity etc but I shall stop here all right, we'll make a podcast out of that. Yes, Eddie. <laughs> yeah,
3: if I look at it and, and look at it, uh, if I put my American Silicon Valley hat on, I would have said, look, we, we, sh- we will eat our own dog food, which basically <laughs> means whatever we come up with technology-wise in the combination of Atta's high-performance computing, hardware, our digital twins, we will use it for ourselves and our customers. Now, the good thing about uh, um, Ellie, he's French, so we will say not eat our own dog food, but drink our own champagne. <laughs> so we want, to, we want to actually not only celebrate the 10 years, we want to be the accelerator which turns innovation into reality and which takes this reality through the ecosystem. And that's where we're learning from the ecosystem, by bringing so many people on board to transform pharma, to transform energy, to accelerate CO2 reduction, that we really will have an impact. And if we achieve that, then we will have drank our own champagne and we can celebrate because we will have, um, as part of an important ecosystem, impact for Europe, the world, but also for the most pressing sort of questions which we have. If we do this, we will have been successful, Ellie.
0: A toast to that, I would say. That's a great ending sentence right there. And uh, thinking about champagne, I don't know. Looking at the time, hmm, maybe. <laughs> um, but nevertheless, really exciting topic and a great roundup here. Unfortunately, time has run out. So I'd like to thank you all for joining us here today, Cedric, Antonio, Ellie. It's been great having you. I hope you enjoyed it also. Absolutely. Thank you, Chris. Thank you all. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you also to our many listeners out there and as usual at this point, a few hints for further information, for example, on www.seamens.com slash digital minus enterprise. So stay tuned for our next episode. This is Talking Digital Industries. I'm Chris Brau and please join us again soon.